Glory to God. Well, these are great times. Amen. No matter what the world wants to tell you, these are the best of times, and you could say the worst of times. But for us as children of God, we're going to focus on what is good. You know, I've been saying these things, and I said it again to Karen last night in our house. We're supposed to think on these things, things which are lovely, pure, and have a good report. How many people have had a struggle recently doing that? Don't put up your hands, praise the Lord. No, you can put up your hands. <laughs> How many people have had a job recently trying to do this? Amen? It's just the forces that are at work. But let's just simplify this. There are just two forces, truly. The force of good and the force of evil. If good is not triumphant in your life, then unfortunately evil is rumping it up. We're in days that many of us never thought that we would live in, but here we are. But yet I look back to how men and women did it in the years gone before us, and they successfully got through. Didn't mean to say that they weren't challenged with similar things. I believe it was the way that they lived their lives. They lived their lives in a very non-compromised way. I could say that there's things in our lives that are negotiable and non-negotiable. But in days that we're living in, if we're not sticking very close to the Word or to the things of God, those things can become somewhat obscured. You know, when we spend so much time on our own, even with the Bible, it's amazing how you start to see things your way and not God's way. Because of the power of counsel in our lives. Scripture is very clear that we are not supposed to be alone. That means where there is two or three, he is right there. Where two or three agree, he is right there. But he also says through counsel, you can wage a war. So, counsel is very important. Counsel is very important in every area of our lives. And I don't believe that the majority of time we get to pick the council. I believe we don't get to pick our pastors. I believe that we're given them. Praise the Lord. And God aligns us and causes us to get into position. But I believe that there is counsel that is so necessary and needful for this day that we're living in. What the enemy is trying to do is to make everyone so individualistic. Of course, here in America, it's not hard to become that because really that's something that is celebrated. But that does not translate spiritually. What we have to be spiritually is together. We are stronger together. We work better together. We work better together when we can have relationships that you can actually talk through certain things that are going on in our lives so that we can get to a good godly outcome or plan. How many people will accept this today? These are the plans. These are the ways. Well, you say, well, Adam just started out on his own. But very quickly, Adam was not on his own. It wasn't good for Adam to be alone, and he gave him a help me. I believe there's power in the discussion 
of a covenant between a husband and a wife. But I also believe there are those that God wants to set in our lives at times, spiritually, that can actually speak into that situation as well. Hallelujah. These are days of discernment. Great days of listening. Not listening to what you want to hear, but what you must hear. The world is in survival mode. The world is hankering down for the worst. But for the church, we're not supposed to be ever near survival mode. We are constantly supposed to be thriving. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, thriving is what's going to take place in my life. How many people are about to thrive? Let me see your hands. Wave at me right now. Say, thriving is about to take place in my life. You must not be afraid of what someone like me has to say in your life. I can assure you as pastor, if you come to me, ask me something, I will work hard. I think Garn could even verify this. I will work hard through the processes of thinking, praying, to see what it is that I can bring to what you're talking about, your plans, your discussions. Why would you be afraid of someone else speaking objectively into your life? What have you got to lose by another person speaking objectively? I believe this physically. I believe that there are ones that God places in our lives to speak into our lives physically. They know something that we don't know. Many people will accept that. Relationally, they may know something that we are not getting. They may see something that we're blindsided by. Financially, how many people would agree in this room that you need to know something probably more in the financial workings of things? Let me see your hands. Like, well, put down your hand. How many people understand everything about economics? Put up your hand. So therefore, objectively speaking, we possibly need someone that knows more than us to speak into our lives. You say, well, pastor, I'm just going to stay in my room with God until I get something. I agree with that. But God might have someone knock on your door to tell you something. And you may be so busy with God that you tell that person that's knocking on your door to leave until you're finished praying. But your prayer might have produced that person knocking at your door. How many people know at times we might need someone to speak into our lives regarding our marriages? I'll move over to this side over here so I'm not hit by stairs. COVID facilitated a greater grip on individualized living. We are different emerging from COVID era. The enemy never once 
the church to be like it was before, nor do we need the church to be like it was before. What we need to do and need to be is the church that is now, so that we can produce what it is that needs to happen before the rapture. <laughs> to the best of us, the last couple of years messed with hardware. If you weren't one that was sticking close to the word and praying much in the spirit, sticking close to the word that is being preached by your pastor or by other mentors in your life or fathers in your life spiritually, what happens is that you start to live your life based upon what you think, how you feel, and how you interpret things. That's a scary place for anybody to live. As the Church of Jesus Christ, we were, we were not brought into existence to exist alone, ever, period. We were meant to be assembled in the workings of that one will set a thousand to flight, two will set 10,000 to flight. So what can we not do in this room today? There is nothing that the enemy has planned for us that can withstand the amount of power that is in this room today. But Satan does not want people in this room. He wants people indifferent, online, complacent, he doesn't want people to get together, even of diversity. The enemy longs for unison, but detests unity. There is a devilish agreement. It's not of God, where we just let sleeping dogs lie. We agree to differ. That's from the pit of hell. It's anti-Christ. Because what that wants to do is to keep peace. But yet there is nothing in Scripture that ever would point you to just keeping peace. We make peace. And we make peace by coming together even with our differences. Until the place through the Reading of the word, the study of the word, the praying in the spirit, we come into agreement, Acts chapter 3, Acts chapter 4, and we come as one accord. Everybody say one accord. One accord. Not only in spirit, but also the way we think. How many people know that there is something powerful for us to be in unity in the spirit? Let me see your hands. How many people would also agree with me that there is something powerful when a few people actually think similar? That was a good amen. I'm going to ask that again. How many people has accepted it? Okay, there's power and agreement in the spirit. But when that actually translates to and comes over into agreement with lives, mind, thoughts. I may not agree with everything, but we can agree on this. Until everything else comes into agreement, we can agree on this. 
That's where you're going to see power. That's where you're going to see a release of power that we are not familiar with. I declare in this place that this is exactly what is happening, that we are coming into oneness in the name of Jesus, that the enemy cannot divide and conquer, that God is a God of covenant, and covenant rules the day. I'm going to say that again. Covenant rules the day. Do you know what the enemy wants to do for this generation that's coming? Rob them of the power of covenant. Keep them so individualistic. Keep them so into themselves and their thoughts and their ideas and the way they want to do it and how they will do it. And they discuss it with nobody. Because that's what they're going to do regardless of what somebody says. That's where we begin to perish. Even though this world will prosper you, you lie on ruins spiritually. No weapon formed against us shall prosper in the name of Jesus. I have taken great lengths, great times of praying and pro processing these things that I'm speaking to you about. I don't speak to them lightly because I see the very best of us being challenged throughout the church world. I see this division that wants to come. Some can call it division. Others will call it separation. Others will call it the emergence of a remnant. But no matter what it is, ladies and gentlemen, there's not one of us that's called to do Satan's work for him. If God does not use Satan anymore, neither should the church. My job is not to expose you. My job is to cover you. I'm going to try that one more time for the back row. My job is to cover you, not to expose you. I'm going to try it one more time. My job is to cover you, not expose you. The love of God reigns. Say this with me. Love is king. Love is supreme. Love never fails. Think in your own life how many times you've thought about the wrongs of another individual recently over this last two and three years. Think about what they have done, what they have said, how they have said it, how others have worked, how this and this and this and this, and then measure it against how you judged yourself exactly like that. You will find that you didn't judge yourself like that. But it is amazing in this time that we're living that the faults of others are being highlighted at an exponential rate. Why? Because the enemy is doing everything that he can to kill covenant, to kill relationships, to kill the power that keeps the church alive. And that is agreement. We are one whether you like it or not. We are the body of Christ whether you like it or not. And we're going to make it. Can I have a big amen? And pastor in this church, we are going to make it. Our families are going to make it. Our children are going to make it. And I don't care what fuzzy, fluffy pastor you want to crawl up on under so that you can hear what you want to hear. In this church, we're going to stick with the truth. We're going to stick with the Bible. In the name of Jesus. Come on. You don't need no more motivation. You need the word of truth. 
Come on, could this be the movement? You've had, we've had the movement of the word of faith. Could this be the movement of the word of truth? Amen. I'm ready for some truth. Anybody ready for some truth? I'm ready for some agreement. Come on, work with me. Agree with me. Walk with me. You may not agree with everything that I say, but I tell you, that doesn't put us out to lunch. Come on, everybody. Let's get in agreement. Let's see what the Word says. Even if you hear something today that you don't like, it might even be right. <laughs> see, this meeting was going so beautifully until Pastor Paul took the mic. But I'm telling you, the devil's not going to do me this way. Mm -mm. Your generation made a break for it. You got saved. You got born again. The devil messed with you years ago, and I'm telling you, you're not going to let them mess with you in the years to come. You are seated in heavenly places. You are far above all principalities and power in the name of Jesus. So I tell you, no door is open to the enemy in the name of Jesus. Shut it up. I'm a covenant man. I'm a covenant woman. Come on. He said, I believe in the power of covenant, covenant relationships in the name of Jesus. They really work. Praise the Lord. Come hell, come high water. Amen. When this all gets down to it, the person beside you, the family that you have, the friends that you have, that's where it's at. Stop always trying to switch out friends for new friends. You said, I thought we were doing tithes and offerings. So did I. It's amazing how new people seem to bring something that older friends don't have. You said, man, you're so tight. I'm telling you, I don't know why you talk like this, Pastor Paul. Honestly, it's just ridiculous. I just don't know. I mean, I was happy. I was protected. <laughs> How many people locked your house last night? Let me see your hands. You locked your doors. How many people knows that was a wild th wise thing? It was a wild thing, too. Why can't you just leave your door open? Why can't you just, you know, just leave your windows open? Not in Tulsa, praise the Lord. Amen, with the weather concerned. But you know what? Just leave your doors and your windows open. Go ahead, praise the Lord. Amen. Nobody will come in and rob your house. Maybe not the first night. But when everybody gets to know that your house lies open, you got to know is that there's a calling card coming to your address with somebody that wants to take your stuff. Now, if that happens naturally, then what's going on spiritually? Amen. Come on, tap your foot, somebody, and say, the devil's not getting back in in the name of Jesus. Come on. I've got the victory. Ladies and gentlemen, we were not to survive. We were to thrive. Thrive means we are to flourish, succeed, advance, and to prosper. In the mighty name of Jesus, shut it up. Prosperity is coming to my house. Come on, you ain't seen nothing, nothing yet. Spirit, soul, and body. Amen. By the power of agreement, by the power of relationship. I might not want to hear what you have to say, but you know what? Give me it anyway. Praise the Lord. I'll cry a while, but you know, after I've stopped crying, I'm going to make something out of my life. Amen. Thank God I've got somebody in my life that gives a hoot. Thank God I've got somebody in my life that actually matters to them that I actually make it. How many people's going to make it in this room? Shout it out. I'm going to make it all the way in the name of Jesus. Why? Because not only God is in my life, Psalm 118 says, He is among those. <sighs> It 
Let's go to John 17. Praise the Lord. <laughs> God is good. John 17. Man, I tell you, this guy's bold. You ain't seen nothing yet. I hate the devil. I hate that seductive, slippy, tongue-flicking devil who just wants to get around believers, good people, and just tell them what they want to hear. You don't need to listen to him. He's too extreme. He's so radical, bald, and he started in Ireland. You don't want to listen to that Irish-American. I don't need to hear this. You don't need to hear this. That's right. I don't need to hear this. I don't even need to come to church. I can just sit in my living room. There you go. Becoming everything that I just talked about for the last 30 minutes. And you strike it against yourself. And you begin to beat your life with troubles and trials. Because you refuse the power of the body to be an operation in your life. Pastor, why are you sounding like Darth Vader? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Pastor, look, this is supposed to be a Sunday celebration. It is. Celebrate. Jesus, celebrate. Come on. You can celebrate and dance on the devil's head. Come on, when was, the, when was the last time you actually took to your beaters and started to dance all over the devil and the devil's cohorts and the enemies and all the demons? Instead of sitting there wondering and worrying and thinking and thinking and thinking. Look at your neighbor and say, how's that thinking going? Hey man, just thinking, just thinking, just thinking. I'm thinking about what we're going to do. Thinking about where we're going to go. Thinking about what I'm going to wear. Thinking about her. Thinking about him. Thinking about what they just said. Oh my God, did you hear what he just said? Well, I can tell you something, Pastor. I will not be thinking about this message. I'm going to go home and listen to my favorite speaker that actually can minister to me. Mm -hmm. and you deny the right of your pastor to speak into your life. From the beginning of the service, the word of the Lord has come. I wanted to speak about tithes and offerings, and the Spirit of the Lord jumped in and said, well, let me take it from here. That's a good place for everybody to clap right there when the Spirit of God wants to jump in a service. I'd like you to go to John 17, please, in verse 13. It's very hot in here. Are you hot? 
You know, I know I'm hot. <laughs> Look at this in verse 13. It says, I'm, I'm coming to you now. But I say these things while I am still in the world so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word and the world has hated them for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. Look at this. This is beautiful. My prayer. It's not that you take them out of the world, right? So you're not leaving for heaven anytime soon. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Everybody say truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. And he goes on again to say this, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. Isn't that powerful? That they may be one as we are one. This powerful prayer is being challenged at an all-time rate. Satan is rampaging through the church world trying to bring schisms and divisions. Through this individualization of I can hear God for myself. I don't need anyone else. But my brother, my sister, I must correct you. To live like that is a scary mess. You need me more than what you know. And I need you more than what you will ever know. The safety is in numbers. I've said it for years, even with experience of military backgrounds and all of those different things, that when the fight gets going, you do not want to be on the peripheral. You do not want to be on the edges because there is where you were picked off. In other words, easy pickings for the enemy. It's amazing that the world seems to be able to say everything that it wants to say right now. Our news channels are full of it. But when we come to the church, it's like we don't want to hear the counter. We just want to hear what will be self-indulgent and used for us again. But what about others? What about the others? You know, over this last couple of years, Karn and myself, we did things that looked to people like it was crazy. Maybe 
even lack of wisdom because we did things, went places, had church services. But we did it because of others. We did it because of the body of Christ. When other people weren't praying for people, we chose to pray for people. We did it because of the power of agreement on God's word. I spent days and days and days and weeks looking at the accounts of great men and women that went before us through the years. And many of them were faced with similar situations. John G. Lake, bubonic plague, all of these different things. And they didn't shrink back and shirk back. They actually pushed in to it and help people win the victory of it. From now until the rapture, we're going to have to lean in to this. We'll say that one more time. From now until the rapture, we're going to have to lean into this. We'll try it one more time. From now until the rapture, we're going to have to lean into this. With 40, 50 years of faith being spoken to the body of Christ, and then the release of a virus, all of those different things, pandemic, where did we find ourselves in the positioning and the packing order of the operations of the church? It's not a condemnation statement. It's just a simple, aha, I see where it all was at. So what does it look like from now until the rapture? I know Joe Morris was here. We heard the good things. And I believe in all the good things, but yet we're still here. How many more pandemics do we have to work through? What does that look like? Sila. So I can push into what I think, self-preservation. I can push into me, just God and me. But then what about everyone else? What if the people that went before us stopped thinking about everyone else? Then where would we be today? This is a good message. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm about to thrive. Hallelujah. Come on, three more people said, I'm about to thrive. In verse 14, it tells us that we are not of this world system. I want you to shout that out. I am not of this word system. In verse 15, it tells us that we will be kept from evil. Look at someone and say, that's a good word right there. 
Then you can go over to Matthew 6, 13, and in the Lord's Prayer, it says, deliver us from evil. Well, I declare it in the name of Jesus that I am delivered from evil in the name of Jesus. Come on, shut it out. No evil shall befall me. Galatians 1, 4 says, deliver us from this present evil world. I declare over you that you are delivered from this evil present world. As I've said before, we are not here to be subjected to the systems that are in place by these principalities and powers. We are here to rule and reign as kings in this life. Shut it out. I'm ruling today in the name of Jesus. Come on. 1 John 5.18 says, The wicked one touches him not. How many people believe that, that that can be your theme song right now? Shut it out. The wicked one touches him not. In 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, He gives us what? A means of escape. Another translation says, he made us a way to escape. Verse 17 says that we are sanctified from this world through the word. Come on. Hebrews tells us that everything is upheld by the word of his power. Romans 8, 2, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us and separated us from the law of sin and death. Shut it out. I'm getting freer. The more I sit here this morning, I am getting freer. What am I getting free from? I'm getting free from the enemy, but I'm getting free from myself. I am not going to carry around death when I have been given life. Come on, life in Christ Jesus has come on, set me free. Amen. I'm not the same as everybody else. I'm not the same as my next door neighbor. Amen. That is not born again. In my house, we have a covenant. We are born again by the Spirit of God. Amen. In my house, we have the living, breathing Spirit of the Lord called Holy Spirit. And He is in my house. And He is leading and guiding me, comforting me. He is counseling me. Absolutely. He is that to me. Shut it out. I believe. I want you to say this. I will not die. Oh, come on, say it like you mean it. I will not die. Come on, but live and declare the works of the Lord. No matter what comes against you, come on, no evil shall befall you. Oh, come on, I don't care what report you've been given. There's a report that stands through eternity in the name of Jesus. Come on, his name is above every name. I just don't know if, it's, if, if it works. Well, how do you know gravity works? You go up on the top of this building and you throw yourself down. You're going to find out that it actually is working. The spirit of life is working. Whether you feel it or not, I don't feel gravity to know, have to know that it's working. I don't have to feel life to know that it's working. The spirit of life is working. Yeah. Amen. Shut it out. I'm infused with life. Come on. Touch your head right now and say, get in line in the name of Jesus. Amen. Come on. Tell somebody. I've just had about enough of my head in the name of Jesus. I'm being renewed in the spirit of my mind. Every thought I bring into captivity. Amen. I cast down every vain imagination. What is a vain imagination? You just teaming up with you. Thinking that you and you can do better. But you and you can't do any better. You and your idea and your understanding of what the Bible is, is not producing any power, truly. The power is within you. The power just wants to work. His eye is going to and fro the whole earth looking for someone. Look at your neighbor and say, me. He's looking for someone that he can show himself strong in. There are miracle workers in this room this morning. 
my God, I mean, I'm telling you, just miracle workers. You are just sitting there just full of signs and wonders and miracles. And God wants to use you. I'm telling you, I would let him use you. I would let him use me in the name of Jesus. Come on, say today. See, he's, he's been in Ireland. He comes back like that all the time. Coming back with an Irish roar. You are not on your own. And you should never be on your own. And you should never think that you are on your own. Right, try it one more time. You are not on your own. You should never even think that you are on your own. You are not a fat head with lots of thoughts. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, I know you've got problems. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on, big problems. I mean, you have trouble carrying around your head. Imagine carrying around somebody else's. You might thank God. I mean, could you imagine carrying around Beverly's head? I mean, God only knows what goes on inside her head. I couldn't handle it. I just couldn't handle my head on Beverly's head at the same time. And then we expect everybody to know what, what we're going through. I don't know what you're going through. Please give me a break. You get hit by the silent treatment. And that person is expecting you to know why they're silent. And you're oblivious. I don't know why you're silent, but please put me out of my misery. Tell me because you really want to tell me. So go ahead. Lay it on me, baby. And a lot of times what you find is it's just you in your head. Thinking without God. That's a crazy mess. You sitting there thinking about you and thinking about others without God. That's a mess. I know I'm not speaking to you. It's the person beside you. Because you're delivered. You never have a moment like six days of terrible thoughts and depressive moods. How many people would love a life without moods? No, brother, you can't get divorced. <laughs> Moving right along. That was a joke. Please don't take it seriously. Come back next week. I'm just trying to keep it light. <laughs> Some of you still didn't get it. You're like, because you're thinking about you. You're not even getting this message because you're just sitting this whole time thinking about you. Man, you are something. To spend this whole service when God is trying to speak to you and you're just thinking about you. Me, my life. And then, have you ever sat in a meeting and you think, who told the pastor? <laughs> How many people's ever had a moment like that? Did, I wonder, did, did such and such tell him? 
No. He knows your name. He knows your name. He knows your very thoughts. He searches the intents and the purposes of your heart. So why thinketh you that someone spoketh about you? Maybe God just knoweth you and wanted to speak to your pastor abouteth you so that he could say something toeth you. Why do you make it so difficult? Why does it always have to be so difficult? Hallelujah. Some of you are thinking, I wonder, is he going away next weekend again? We like the one from last week. Dennis. Ladies and gentlemen, it's so important as I close, you say, praise God. It's so important that we rise and take our place together. I sent that text this morning to everybody. If you're on the text thread of church, it was me. It's raining, it's pouring. But the church is soaring. If you're not on the church text thread, you should be, so that you can get stuff like that. I don't care what's going on. I'm not subject to it. The devil can stand in front of me and spin and shoot $100 bills out of his mouth for all I care. But as sideshows means nothing to me. You covenant with your eyes, covenant with your ears, and you bind every work of Satan. And you position yourself in a way that you have godly counsel in your life. I can't tell you how many times I will lift the phone. What do you think? Am I off? Am I on? Surprise you. And if I have to live like that, and I don't know how you live without that. I'm a very blessed man to have people in my life that are not yes people, covenant people. They're not yes people, they're covenant people. They say a lot of times yes, but they also, have you considered? How many people know that have you considered is a brilliant word? It's a very non-threatening opening. Have you considered? And a lot of times, we wouldn't have. But now we get an opportunity 
to consider. Mm -hmm. Dr. Harvey is one of those people. And he will continually over the years say, well, have you considered? Well, I know I'm getting that from Dr. Harvey. I know already that he's thinking. <laughs> All righty. But nine out of ten times, I win him over to the way that I see it. But that's covenant. We need these relationships. And if you don't have them, it's time to develop them. Just make sure you develop them with the right How many people believe that was a good word today? Hallelujah. For the Lord is good. Thank you guys if you want to come back. If you haven't already left. I want to give you an opportunity this morning to give of your tithes and offerings. I believe that God is prospering us. Even in times of upheaval, in economic distress, we are not subject to that. I'm going to say that again. We are not subject to that. We are not subject to the economy. We are to flourish in spite of what is happening, untouched and unaffected. Untouched and unaffected. I'll try that one more time. Untouched and unaffected. In Jesus' precious name.